Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we have had a beautiful week of weather here in New York, and I know it's shocking, but it's actually made me happy. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. I know you're surprised because I always get cranky when, you know, it's the summer, but it's actually not the summer this week. This week, it's officially spring, and everything is beautiful, and all the flowers look great. And for the first time in a long time, um, all of the tulips on my front lawn have actually opened perfectly, which is very nice. So uh, I'm actually enjoying this season so far. Yes, my allergies are in full swing. There is more pollen covering my car than I think exists anywhere else on the universe. But that's all right. Spring is here. Good morning, folks. I Thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. It is the pride of Houston himself behind the board. Hello, Yoni. Morning. How are you, sir? Uh, digging the weather like you. Uh, yeah, it's, but you like it warmer. It's, I mean, yeah, uh, no. I like 85 more than 45, but everyone loves 67. What is it now? Like 70? Yeah, whatever it, what is, it is. It's now. nice. But it's funny because last week, it was last Thursday when it was a schmoil in New York, otherwise known as like 91. Mm-hmm. And the three of us, me, you, and Alham, had to get into the car. And I would not go into the car until all the hot <laughs> air came out. And I was so annoyed. And you got in there. You're like, oh, this is so get in nice. The car, shut the doors. Like, right, keep, exactly. Keep the steam in. You like that? And that just totally. Does not do it for me. Everything going all right, though? Missing out. Everything's great. How are your uh, Houston, uh, you know, players and stuff? They're 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 sporting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're doing their sports thing. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> You're looking at me funny. I am because my Yankees are doing well, yeah, and yeah, yeah. um, you know, I I just I just wanted to make sure you knew that. I yeah. You heard? Aware. Yeah. I I do this show on Mondays, which right, makes, I have to be right. Aware. I couldn't hear you over the screaming that took place on Monday. <laughs> That's what happens when you uh, so do a show with a Mets I, fan. So I hear. By the way, yeah, in terms of Met fans, I do. Seth Gordon, this shout out is for you and for all other Met fans. Come to the dark side. You'll just be happier being Yankee fans. Um, our thanks Probably to true. yeah, 100% true. Our thanks to everyone at Wesley Kosher. Yesterday was a wonderful, wonderful live a lunch. Hoot. It was. It was a hoot. And the food was great. And the company was great. And the segments were great. Our sponsors were incredibly generous, as always. We were there from 11 to 2. Our thanks to everyone at Wesley Kosher. You guys are great partners and certainly wonderful hosts. Our thanks to One Tabletop. Leia is a doll. And what she displayed yesterday was so incredible. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, great tablescape, which is not a word that everyone knew before yesterday, but a word that we used during the live lunch. So that was cool. Lilac and cream. Um, those cheesecakes are not only gorgeous, but actually taste great. Mm-hmm. And uh, that link is available online on our website, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. you can check out more information from them. And our thanks also to Norman's Dairy. They are the official yogurt here of the Malcolm Siegel Network. I want you to know, by the way, that we uh, enjoyed a lot of Norman's Dairy during Pesach because they had excellent, they do have excellent Greek yogurt that was kosher le Pesach, and um, it was a true pleasure. It's a great product. So if you haven't already tried Norman's Dairy, even after our show yesterday from Wesley Kosher, you really should. It is an excellent product, and we thank all of them for their support. Let's go through the national holidays today. You got the right day, right? Yes, I'm sorry. By the way, just like you. Okay, so what Yoni means is that <laughs> last week I totally made a faux pas and did not realize the the date and wrote the uh, national holidays for the day after when it was really May 3rd and I had it all for May 4th, which was Friday, and I'm not on the air on Fridays. But ironically enough, 
Um, ironically enough, Yona, you'll appreciate this. Monday, I was on the train, and instead of using one of my peak tickets for the Long Island Railroad, because it was a night train, it was an evening train, I bought an off-peak ticket. Mm -hmm. But instead of paying any attention whatsoever to the fact that I was getting off in Valley Stream, where I get off every single day, I bought an off-peak ticket from Penn Station to Atlantic Terminal, which basically makes absolutely no sense and just takes you in a circle if for some right. un, some reason you would ever go from Penn Station to Atlantic Terminal. So just to show you how much I haven't been paying attention to things lately, not just the third versus fourth, May third versus May fourth, but also this. Like the conductor looked at me as she was coming around to tickets to check tickets, and she goes, "Really?" I'm like, "Really? What?" She's like, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to Valley Stream." She's like, "That's not what you did." And I said, "Oh, that's was that is that a it's more expensive ticket?" No, it's actually the, the same zone. Ironically enough, mm. it's the same. It was a difference of a quarter. So do they just allow you? Just like it's what? well. What I learned yesterday is that it's the difference of a quarter. Meaning, I should have paid eight fifty, and that ticket was eight twenty five. But but because the Long Island Railroad doesn't give change, you I would have had to pay a full dollar. What does it mean? You would have had to. You they looked at me. The woman looked at me. It was like it was eight forty five at night. She's like, forget about it. Just you know, just no, tell no. that when you transfer Jamaica, just tell the conductor that you already you know right. paid the difference. Yeah. She's like, but forget about it. Okay. But meanwhile, she she looked at me. She said, you wouldn't have had to pay. You wouldn't have been allowed to pay the quarter difference. You would have had to pay a full dollar. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I like looked at her. She's like, I know, we make no sense. Yeah. Anyway, let's quickly do the national holidays. Um, it is World Lupus Day. It is also World Migratory Bird Day. Yoni, if you can name three migratory birds, I'll be super impressed. Would you be impressed if I knew what a migratory bird is? I would be more impressed. I would be very impressed. You're not going to be impressed. So. Uh, I, I have no idea. I personally don't know yeah. either. Um, but I'm sure you know somebody. Uh, knowing of Rummy, right? He'll by the end of this show, he'll tell us what a migratory bird is. It's also National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day. Which is All something right. that people, yeah, which is actually something that people should stop and take notice to. That's for sure. I'm going to quickly do our fortune cookie. Yep, you haven't heard that crunch in a while. I'm trying to get better about it. Did it last week. Still haven't won the lottery, even though we, we played those numbers, right, Yoni? Yeah. All right, so um, did you pocket the money or I didn't win? <laughs> Shockingly, the same result as the last hundred we've done. Mm, all right, well, doors will be opening for you in many areas of your life. If these don't win with that fortune... Then I'm not playing anymore. Okay. okay, that's a lie. I'll play next week also. But here, take these and remember I'll give you money for it. Do whatever. something with it. Exactly. You've been listening to you are listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. My guest this morning is Rachel Tuckman. She is on the line. I know she can hear me, but before I officially introduce her, you should just know Rachel is a licensed mental health counselor. She's had over ten years of experience and her personal story in the um, in the area of infertility is a story that she's going to share with us in a moment. But before I officially invite her on, I want to share a personal anecdote, which um, which I can totally credit Rachel for, to, I'm not sure what the right word is, but I give Rachel credit for sensitizing me to something I would have been completely insensitive about. Let me explain. Uh, this coming Sunday, please God, is my daughter's bat mitzvah, or I should say one of my daughter's bat mitzvah and because it is mother's day and we are making a brunch i thought it would be cute 
if we had, besides all the, you know, cute gifts, which, which you give to the girls, your daughter's friends, the bat mitzvah girls' friends, you know, the little giveaway that you that you give on your on their way out, I thought it would be cute to make like a little Mother's Day, you know, gift, whether it's chocolates or whatever it is. That was part of my little plan for the last number of months. I go to shul one week, and as many of you know, I daven at the Young Israel of Woodmere, and I am one of the fortunate people to man the door, <laughs> man the door in the Young Israel of Woodmere. What that means is that during the speech, during the drusha after davening, we lock the doors in the women's section because it causes a tremendous amount of noise from the ancillary noise in the hallway, and therefore it's impossible to hear the person who is speaking. And more than that, it's a tremendous distraction to everyone in the sanctuary. So I lock the door, and unbeknownst to me, a woman named Rachel Tuckman was going to be speaking. And, you know, it was just my, it was my turn to do that week. So fortuitous for me that I was able to be there that Shabbos and hear Rachel speak before Pesach about what it is to have challenges with fertility and more than that, what it means to be sensitive in this community where many, many, many families have many, many children, especially before Pesach, which is a, which is a holiday centered around children and what it means to be sensitive to those who are struggling to have families. And it was an incredibly moving speech. And in a shul like the Youngest Rule of Woodmere, which is a large, large community, and often hard to, shall we say, impress, and more than that, hard to keep quiet. You could hear a pin drop when Rachel Tuckman got up to speak. And more than that, as a person who mans the door, I can tell you that there are there were many new faces in the main shul that Shabbos, just to hear her speak, and for good reason. She shared her story, which was incredibly moving, and she gave us all a tremendous amount to think about in terms of being sensitive to other people and um, understanding that other people are going through tremendous struggles in their lives and that this in particular, infertility, is a struggle that people do not speak about openly. And I was so moved um, and really learned so much that moment that I, I clearly canceled any ideas or any plans I had for, for making a big deal out of Mother's Day this Sunday, remembering that not everybody at my daughter's bat mitzvah has had the, um, the zchut to be a parent and that, I, um, and that I too, as a member of this community, had a lot to learn about the struggles that other people go through. And therefore, I invited Rachel to join me this morning as Mother's Day is this Sunday. And it's an important topic to talk about, especially in light of where we are. And Shavuos is next week, and our kids have been learning about it, and they've been counting Sphira. And so I invited Rachel on this morning. Rachel Tuckman is a licensed mental health counselor. She's had over 10 years of experience. She's in private practice in Cedarhurst. She provides cognitive behavior therapy to kids, teens, and adults. She, she also provides parent training and workshops throughout New York and New Jersey, and she joins us this morning. Rachel, good morning. 
Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for joining us, and and thank you as a whole for um, for being bold enough and strong enough to share your story. So, for those people who were not there that Shabbos in the youngest role of Woodmere, I wonder if you'll take everyone uh, with you a little bit on your journey from where you are now, from where you were to where you are now. Sure. So um, about eight years ago, well, it was actually around 10 years ago, um, I discovered that I was, I was diagnosed with unexplained secondary infertility, which basically means that a couple who has had a child naturally for no apparent reason, they are unable to have another child. Um, so after a couple, after about a year of trying, I went to um, a reproductive endocrinologist, a fertility specialist, and they told me, we can't figure out what's wrong. All your tests and your husband tests are coming up fine. We're just going to have to do treatment until something works. Um, so during that time, I was alone. I, I didn't know anything about infertility at that point. I was very young. I was 26 years old. I had one child, no problem. I, I didn't even know this was a thing that if you had one, you there was a, there was a possibility to not be able to have more. Um, and I find that a lot of people still don't know that. When I tell them about secondary infertility, they're like so surprised that, what do you mean? But you had one. How is it possible mm-hmm. you couldn't have more? And it's very possible. Our fertility is constantly changing and it is possible to have three kids, no problem, and then not be able to have children, you know? So um, I was going through this struggle, and I, I wasn't talking about it with anyone, and I found that nobody else was talking about it, so I thought I was the only one. Um, and being in a Jewish community, which is an amazing bracha, it also can be, there are certain aspects that if you're going through things, it's, it's highlighted and it makes it even more painful. So having a child and being already thrown into that world, I couldn't even get away from the child world because I was in it already, um, I was really struggling constantly because then my daughter's friends would be having siblings and she was very young and she would ask like, when are you going to have a baby? Mm. And there would be a big brother, big sister party at school for her friend. And she would say, I want a big brother, big sister party. And there would be times where I would go for treatment and it wouldn't work and I would be devastated. And I, you know, she would find me crying in the bathroom and say, Emo, what happened? And I would have to say, oh, my stomach hurts, make something up, you know? And, And it was so hard to contain my emotions. I really went through a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and at the end of the day, like throughout my struggle, I said, like, why doesn't anyone talk about this? Why do I feel like I'm the only person in the whole world that's going through this? It can't be that I'm the only one. And so I started opening up and I started reaching out to people and I started just being kind of vocal about it. Um, because I felt like if I talk about it, A, maybe more people will say, oh, I know someone who went through that or I'm going through that. And B, that maybe they would be a source of help for me, like, oh, I know this doctor, or I know this person, or whatever it was. And I found that the more I did start talking about it, the more people were sensitive to me, the comments kind of stopped, and people came out of the woodwork. They shared their stories. Um, And then in the end, I kind of made like a deal with Hashem, like if I get through this and I survive and my marriage survives, because it was very difficult and very trying on my marriage, um, I said, if we get through this, like I'm going to dedicate my practice, not just to working with kids, which I was doing at the time, I'm going to work with infertility, I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to share my story, I'm going to support um, and thank God I, I had a child after that, after treatments. Um, and then I started just dedicating my practice to working with women with infertility also. Um, and since then I had another child through IVF. 
um, and I had a failed IVF in between there. And like I, I have gone through all phases of treatment, and I feel like it's so important for us to talk about it, to be aware of it. And whenever I do talk about it, I find that people come up to me and they say, "Oh, I also had an IVF, or I also had a miscarriage, or I also did, you know, fertility drugs." And and I always say, like, can you please talk about it? Can you please tell people? Because I still have clients that come to me and they say nobody else is going through what I'm going through. No one else knows what's going on. But that's not true. And that's why I want this discussion for sensitivity, for awareness, for support. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically from where I was to where I am today. That It's a tremendous journey. It's a tremendous journey, not only because you're, you know, you have shall we say, seen the other side, you've made it to the other side and yeah. you know, your family has grown, et cetera, but that you're able to speak about it without reliving it. And and I think that that's a really important point is that when we often talk about traumas um, and difficulties in our lives, it is almost, and I'm not using this term loosely, with a PTSD kind of a moment where you relive that trauma every single time you discuss it and therefore moving past it is is almost impossible. But yet you speak about your um, your challenges with resolution and also with strength, as if to say, I have, I have overcome that. It still hurts, but I don't relive it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting also because I tell people that when I hear that someone's expecting, even though for us we feel our family's complete, we're so blessed, when I hear someone's expecting, my initial reaction is always I get a ping, like a hurt in my gut. Because for so long, I was so trained when I heard that news, it was so painful mm. to me. And I, I do, I guess that's a little bit left over. I have to say, like, Rachel, it's okay. <laughs> like, you, you're not hurt anymore, and you could be happy. But because for so long, it was such a painful thing for me to hear, and I was so jealous, and I was so hurt. Sometimes I was angry. Sometimes I felt like, why her and not me? It's still like a very much a part of me. I don't know if that'll ever go away. And then part of me kind of feels like I don't want it to go away because I always want to remember that hurt. I always want to be sensitive that those big announcements and those pictures that people are posting with their, you know, pe- their pregnant stomachs and their due dates. Like, I want to still be hurt for the people who are hurting, right. you know. I, I hear that completely. It's, it's a scar yeah. that you wear proudly. Yes very much. Right. And I and I think that that's incredible. How often do you meet someone new or how often do you get a couple or a woman who is struggling with infertility um, in, in our community? Because again, it's so silent that, mm-hmm. that I don't want our listeners to think that, let's just say, you know, once every six months, all of a sudden you meet somebody new. It's more prevalent than that. Yes. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know exactly, you know, if it's every other week, but I have a very large caseload of women who are, it's mainly secondary infertility, but I do have a group that I run for women experiencing primary infertility, and that means they have no children, and there's about six young women, and these are the ones that are even coming forward and talking about it and brave enough to come into a group, um, you know, but it's, it's prominent. There are families out there, again, even if someone has three kids, everyone just assumes like, oh, you know, that either they're done with their family or whatever it is but they want more and they're struggling and some are having multiple pregnancy losses and can't figure out why and they've done treatments and treatments aren't working. So it's it's more prevalent than we know. You know, it's the woman next to you in shul, it's your neighbor, it's your coworker, you know, it's it's the one that says, oh, she's exhausted from her kids, but she wants more kids. Like, we just never know, and we should never assume 
you know, that someone's family is, we, we shouldn't project on, our, on other people like what we, oh, you know, four kids is a wonderful number. They're probably done. Like, but maybe for them, they want more. Right. You know, so comments are just never, never a good idea. Right. It's always amazing to me that even though we have sensitized each other in numerous um, areas of, let's say, being of political correctness, so to speak, there are still certain, um, there are still certain like niche discussions or niche topics that people don't realize they are overstepping their bounds. And when it comes to pregnancy, that is always one of them, even though, thank God, I had five successful pregnancies. There were always the bizarre remarks that people felt they were entitled to make um, that that were hurtful or offensive. And yet, for some reason or another, whatever was going on with my body seemed to be of interest and in particular to everyone. Yes. So when we when we're looking at a particular situation, we have a couple over. Either they don't have um, children yet, or again they have a you know a, a a fewer number than you do in terms of how many children that you have, etc. What are you know what are we looking at here in terms of safe conversation? Um, so I would say for a couple who has no children, and I know this is hard when you're in that world of like having kids and schools and strollers and diapers and friends and whatever, but I really, uh, we're all intelligent people. We all have full lives that, that are not only centered around our children. So I would really try to like steer conversation away from only talking about your kids. If you have a couple that has no kids, um, and I know that for for couples who come to me or, or women who come to me that have no children, that's one of their biggest complaints is that when they're with friends, that that's all the conversation centers around and they have nothing to contribute. Or they start contributing by telling stories about their sister or their friend because they're like, I want to be involved, but I have nothing to offer, so I'll just talk about like what my sister told me. Mm. And that's just more painful for them. They feel pathetic. They feel like unwanted. They feel like, why am I here? Um, so really I would try to just like, change the conversation to just be about other things. And there's so many wonderful things that you can discuss at a table that don't have to be about diapers, strollers, <laughs> schools, you know, there, like there's so much going on in this world that there's plenty of, of conversation material. Um, and then for people who do have children and, you know, may want to have more, again, I would just, I mean, in general, we shouldn't do this anyways, but like, don't fetch about your children and, you know, they're annoying or a headache or this or that. Like, there's people who are dying to have more children who are in so much pain and, and every, and the children they do have are such a bracha and like, that's why they want even more. Like, we get greedy. We love them so much and we, they're so adorable and they bring so much happiness. Like, that's why we want more. You know, it's not because we're not happy with what we have. It's because we're so appreciative and we feel like every child is a bracha. So just not complaining and, and not, you know, talking about like, whoops, like I didn't even mean to get pregnant and now I am. Oh, it's so annoying. Like it's always a bracha and just don't, don't ever be negative when you're discussing your children, just in general, not just for infertility, but it's just such a painful thing for someone to hear that, they feel like, well, you don't appreciate what you have. I would love to have what you have. And it just digs that knife even deeper, you know, and then it kind of brings up those negative feelings of like, well, she doesn't appreciate it. Like, I would appreciate it. Why can't I have it? Mm -hmm. So just being sensitive with what you say and, and your discussions and, you know, the, to- the, the topics that you choose, I think that's very important. And never asking like, oh, you know, how many do you have? Oh, only two? <laughs> that's a very painful thing to hear. Only one? Never say that. 
You know, one is amazing. Two is amazing. You know, like any number, as long as they're happy and they're healthy, like that's all that counts. Like don't, it's not only, are you going to have more? Like not your business. Right. Such good, such good advice. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Rachel Tuckman joins us this morning. She's a licensed mental health counselor with over 10 years of experience. And I guess at this point we can say that you specialize in in infertility and counseling women and and couples who are suffering from infertility. Um, There's more information available. You can reach Rachel at rachel at llmhc.com, 718-440-6753. Her website is Rachel Tuckman, that's T-U-C-H-M-A-N dot com. And check her out on Facebook, by the way. It's Chin Up Buttercup, um, which is really cute. And yes, for those of you who are also lovers of uh, grammar. There is a comma after up. <laughs> Everyone should know that. Chin up buttercup. Yeah. Uh, Instagram also. She is Rachel Tuckman LMHC. Rachel, let's just talk for a minute or two because I know we're running out of time and Yoni is trying to watch the clock for me, um, being that I could talk about this for, for a while. Let's just talk about this Sunday. It is Mother's Day and yeah. Shavuos is around the corner and I am sure that Yom Tovim, um, the holidays are probably even more difficult than just a Shabbos meal for family who are struggling with infertility. So let's talk for a second about Mother's Day. It's not even a real holiday. I mean, no. thank, thank you, Hallmark. Yeah. Um, it's not even a real holiday. But still, that on top of Shavuos or even that by, by itself, I'm sure is incredibly stressful. Yes. So I guess my advice would just be in terms of Mother's Day, um, the biggest thing that I, that I really always talk about is social media Post on social media. Please, please be sensitive. Maybe it doesn't even have to be on social media. A lot of people put posts with their kids, hugging them, kissing them. Yay, I love being a mother. It's the most wonderful blessing it is. And that's why I think it should just be private. It doesn't need Mm. to be on social media. It doesn't need to be on your Instagram and your Facebook. 600 pictures, pictures to swipe through, it's painful. And I know a lot of women, I have, I have a friend actually who went for, through infertility for 10 years and she used to say that Mother's Day was was her personal tish above. Aye. It was the worst day of her life. She, she didn't want to see anyone. She didn't want to go on social media. It was so painful. So just think about that before you post anything. If you want to post with your own mother, I mean, even that, sometimes we have to be sensitive. Right. Maybe just celebrate your parents instead of you being a young mother with young children. That's just so painful. When you schedule activities, be sensitive. If you have someone in your family who's not yet a mother, don't make it about being a young mom. Make it about your parents. You know, mm-hmm. just, just sensitivity in general. And then also Yantif, it's always so centered around children. And thank God that's very much a part of who we are as, as from Jews. We build families and we want to teach our children and the excitement for give, getting the Torah. But again, if you, can, if you have certain traditions or things that you do in your home that are very centered around the kids, and I had mentioned this when I spoke in the shul about Pesach time, if you have certain traditions that are very much like centered around the little kids, maybe think about changing it. And I'm sure if you spoke to any competent rabbi, they would say it's okay to change it. It doesn't have to be that only the kids say the manishtana. The adults could do it if it's going to cause pain to someone in the house. If it's that your kids, there's some special shivuiz thing that you only do with the kids, maybe don't do it this year if you're going to have someone at your table that you know is suffering. Right. We, we should just be sensitive and think about who is my audience, who's going to be around, who might see this. And again, that's just a lesson for life in general, but especially if you know someone's struggling, you don't ever want to be the source of someone's pain. Oh, that is for sure. That yeah. is for sure. That's a great 
That's a great tidbit. RachelTuckman.com. Again, you can reach her at 718-440-6753. Or you can email her, Rachel at LL. L, sorry, L-I-L-M-H-C.com. If you need more information, by the way, you can also email me, Miriam at NachumSiegel.com, and I will connect you with Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so thank much you. for your time. And thank you for your strength. I really thank appreciate you. it. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues right after the conclusion of this program. The live lunch will be hosted by Nahum starting in just a few moments, continued till 1 o'clock. And then, of course, a full afternoon of broadcasting continues. Don't miss... T- there we go. You hear it in the background? That's Shalshel us, folks. Can you hear it? Make it a little louder. Make it a little louder. Thank you. Um, we have a full afternoon of programming, and don't forget tomorrow morning, don't miss Dr. Malcolm Holine. Yes, he received his honorary degree this week from Bar-Ilan, and we covered that on Monday. was encored on Tuesday. We'll be encored this afternoon as well. But, yes, yeah, 7.40 tomorrow morning, Dr. Malcolm Holine joins Nahum for the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin is at 8.20, and then a brand-new table for two starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning with Naomi Nachman. I wish everyone... A Yom Yerushalayim Sameach this Sunday. A Mazal Tov to my daughter and her becoming a Bat Mitzvah. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Show you me.